Hey, welcome to the Fusion ATL podcast. This is Pastor Vance. If you're not familiar with Fusion, we are the young adult ministry for Victory World Church in Norcross, Georgia. We meet every Tuesday at 7 p.m. Feel free to follow us on Instagram at Fusion ATL. I hope you enjoy this message and we look forward to seeing you soon. Yeah. Any of you guys going to come to the Momentum event? All right now. I'm going to see y'all there. How are you guys feeling tonight? That's it? See, we have some people here with us for the first time. Just graduated high school. I'm not going to make y'all stand out because I know you're probably trying to blend in. It's no problem. We just want to say welcome. We're so happy to have you. This is the Young Adult Ministry at Victory World Church, and you are now officially, officially, officially a young adult. So we welcome you. You guys have some big brothers and big sisters here ready to walk with you through life, and we're just so excited to have you guys here. Now, for y'all who usually come to Fusion, I need you to set a little better example than that when I ask you how you're feeling. How are you feeling? There we go. A little bit more of an energetic environment. It's good stuff. So happy to see you guys today. Last week, we had Pastor James bring an amazing word. Man, anybody enjoy that? I just wanted to make y'all clap again. It was good. We finished our under construction series right before that, where we were talking about trusting the process. And this whole year, we've been building. We started with a series called Firestarter, about God setting us on fire. And then we had a series called The Thirst is Real. And we were talking about our need for God, that thirst that we have on the inside of our being, that need there's something that we need, and it's God. The thirst is real. After that, we had a series called Reveal, talking about pursuing the truth and how God will reveal the truth to you as you pursue it. And he will reveal himself to you as you pursue him. After that, we stepped into our Under Construction series, which might have been my favorite series so far. We had a little set design up here. We had cones and safety vests and caution tape going across. It was dope. And we were talking about being under construction and how a lot of us, we want our lives to look like this finished product. You know, we want our lives to look like this finished mansion and the whole world is competing for who has the nicest home, when in reality, you are a project that's under construction by the living God. And he's building, and he starts with the foundation, and he lays a framework, and then he starts adding and adding and adding. And it's okay that as a young adult, your life is under construction. You're not supposed to be a finished product yet. And so after that series, I've been praying a lot about what God wants us to talk about next, what he wants to reveal to us next, what he wants to teach us about. And I've just been having this it's like this overwhelming feeling. Um, and it's been hard to put into words. And so I've been struggling for a while to really put into words what it is that I'm trying to say, what it is that I'm feeling, what it is that I want to help with. And it's this feeling that we need to know God. And I know that sounds really simple, and that's why it's hard to put it into words. If you were here this weekend as Victory, we started a series called Crazy Love. And Pastor Johnson delivered an amazing message about the love of God and how it's a love that's beyond knowledge. Yet Paul still prays that we would know the love that's beyond knowledge. And so I've been feeling like, what I'm, what I'm wanting for everybody and what I'm wanting for myself ultimately is to really know God. And the importance of it has just been weighing on me and pouring into me. And I feel like God has just been pouring it into me. And I feel like uh, an eight ounce cup that like the ocean is pouring into. 
where it's just like I can't explain what it is that is happening, but I feel the tug, the heart of God wanting us to know him, that he didn't come to earth just to tell us that we were sinful and to just make our wrongs right. He did that so we could know him. The gospel, the good news is that we can have relationship with God and I think we take it for granted. I take it for granted sometimes because it just feels crazy sometimes. If I'm just being completely honest, I've been just doing a lot of thinking about just being a human being. I don't know if any of you guys ever feel this way, but I kind of think about this a lot. I just look around. I'm like, what are we doing? <laughs> I'm thinking right now. That's so weird. What am I? Who am I? And I don't know if you guys think about that a lot, but I think about that a lot, especially as somebody who's decided to dedicate my life to ministry and dedicate my life to Jesus it's a daily decision. And I don't just do it blindly, I think about a lot. And I don't just get up here and talk just to talk. There's a lot of things that I could be doing with my life, but I think this is the most important thing that I could be doing, and this is the most fulfilling thing that I could be doing, and it's because I ask these questions, and God always shows up and reveals himself, and then as wild as it feels sometimes, it's real, like God is real. He created us, he loves us, he's revealed himself to us. He started revealing himself to humanity thousands of years ago. And there's been this entire timeline of God revealing himself to humanity, ultimately putting on flesh, coming to the earth, living life among us, just so we could be in relationship with us. Then he says that eventually he's going to create a new heaven and a new earth and he's going to make his dwelling among us, meaning God is going to live with us. And I feel like most of us are not ready for that. We don't even think about that. We're just like, we're just trying to get into heaven. We're just trying to get there and not go to hell, a lot of us, not all of us. But a lot of us stay in that place of like the destination is getting into heaven and all right, whatever we need to do. And so a lot of times we have conversations about what it is that we should be doing, what it is we shouldn't be doing. And it really comes down to for a lot of people, well, is God gonna let me still let me into heaven or not? And it's so much deeper than that. In one of the first messages here, I, I compared it, I com compared it. I compared it to like being in a relationship and the person you're with doing everything that they could possibly do up to the point that you'll divorce them. Like, can I, if I do this, are you gonna divorce me? If I do this, are you gonna divorce me? And then you just live in life like, yeah, you know, I'm married and all that stuff and you know, I just do what I need to do to not get divorced. I'm just here to not get fined. And I think about that because relationship with God has to be a relationship. And I know that it sounds so simple. And I know that a lot of you might know that, but do you know it? Do you know it today? Do you know it when you're going through stuff? Do you know it when you're struggling, when you're facing challenges? Do you know it when things are good and when things are not good? Do you know that this is supposed to be a walk, that it's not just a transaction? God is not just a businessman exchanging blessings for obedience. But that's what a lot of us hear. Man, you do this and God's gonna bless you. You do this and God will bless it. And God's like, what about me? Do you care that I'm here? Do you wanna know anything about me or just what I'll do for you? Because he's good and he loves us and he's gone through all these great lengths just so we could know him. He already knows us. 
But can God experience you? Can he engage with you? That's an active choice that we have to make. Are you going to have a relationship with God? Or if you get into heaven, are you going to be meeting somebody and starting a relationship? Like, Jesus, I did what I needed to do to get here. Nice to meet you. Let's start this thing out. It's supposed to be the continuation of a relationship. When you see the people in the Bible, the apostles, the fathers of the faith, they were yearning to meet Jesus face to face. And those who knew him were yearning to reconcile with him. He's coming back soon. He's coming back soon. We're going to be with Jesus soon. How many of us live like that? We're like, God's going to bless me soon. He's going to bless me soon. He's going to make me successful soon. He's going to bring me what I'm asking for soon. When, the, when what you were created for was relationship with God. And it's a journey and it's a walk and he wants to walk with you, not just exchange with you. Like, you know what? You had some faith today. So I'm going to give you some healing I'll check back in with you later when you ask me for something. And I'll just be up here with angels dancing around until you ask me for something again. No. God could be doing a, God could be doing a lot of stuff. I don't know if you know. But, like, God is straight. Like, he's good. He doesn't need us. God wants relationship with us. Why do you think he's created a path for us to be reconciled with him? And paid the price himself, died. Like, do you understand? This is what I'm saying. This is why it's difficult. It it has to resonate in here. It's not something that I can appeal to you mentally or intellectually. It's something that he has to like reveal to you in your spirit. Do you get that God was like, you know what? I like these people so much. Even though they don't know me, they don't really care about me, I love them and I like them. And I'm going to step into their situation, put on their mortality, their flawed nature. I'm going to put it on. Then I'm going to walk among them. I'm going to heal their sick. I'm going to raise people from the dead to show them that it's really me. Like, I'm not an imposter. I'm really God. I really put on flesh. And this is how you know. You ever seen somebody raised from the dead? Bet. Raise. (laughs) In an age where medicine was not super advanced, he's healing diseases with a word. And to people who are very familiar with demons, a lot of times we act like they don't exist. We don't know nothing about that, none of my business. My name Bennett and I ain't in it. My name's Lee and I don't see. They're really out here. And if you just look at what's going on in the world, and you're like, why would somebody do that? Demons. So... In this time, they knew that, and they would try to cast spells and do all types of magical stuff to get rid of demons, and Jesus shows up like, get out of here. And it was the authority that he had to where a lot of people didn't know this was God walking around, but the demons knew, and they were like, all right, he said, I got to go, I got to (laughs) go. And yet, even when doing all these things among them, healing their sick, casting out demons, raising people from the dead, they still said, nah, you're not God. Nah, we don't like that. To the point that they crucified him. I personally, if it were me, I'm clearly not God. Y'all are blessed that I'm not. Because if it were me, I would have been like, I'm done. (laughs) Done. 
Y'all are really trying me. I'm good. I'm a... I'm back to heaven. I'm good. Y'all got it. Oh, y'all good. Yeah, so y'all good. Okay. I'm out of here. I'm about to go create some new beings that got some sense. But no, he demonstrates love by submitting to death to pay our price. Isaiah 53 says that we thought that he was punished by God. The people who were looking at him on that cross is like, well, he must have done something crazy. He's dying right now. He said he was God. Surely God is not up here getting beaten and crucified. Surely God could save himself. It says, but he bore our iniquity. Our peace was being paid for. Our healing was being paid for. And then he submits to death, resurrects, walks around, shows himself to people. And then here we are, you and me, walking around like, eh. What I really want is this job. What I really want is this career. God, you trying to bless that or nah? Oh, nah, I'm out. And I've done that plenty of times. And yet, God, in his faithfulness, still draws us and calls us. Has you here tonight to hear this, to say, I'm here I love you, but this is real. And it's real on both sides. Like, it's really, really good. You can have relationship with God, and you can have all the promises of God. God says, I'm the Lord who heals you, protects you. I'm your joy. I'm your peace. I'm your victory. I'm everything that you need when you get to know me. And then it's also really, really bad when you just disrespect that and reject that and you make your own decision and you're like, you know what, I'm good. He's like, okay. He's also just. And so we want a perfect God until it's time to be perfect. Perfect means there's right and there's wrong. Perfect means not wavering like we do when our emotions get involved and our empathy gets involved. We need a God who's just. And yet he's so just that he was unwilling to waver from the laws that he instated. And yet so loving that he came and paid the price that he set when we didn't even know we needed it. And so walking with God, doing life with God, knowing God is what I want to talk about for a while. I want to talk about it all summer. Knowing God. That's why we open up the Bible. That's why we read it. That's why we pray it's not just because we're supposed to. It's not just because he asked us to. This is 66 books written over thousands of years just to reveal to us who God is. And so you can open up the Bible with that desire. God, I want to know you. I don't want to just hear something good. I don't want just a solution to my issue today. I want to know you. And when you open up the scriptures and you read them and you see all these lives documented, you see 
God giving a picture of who he is, showing himself, intervene in people's lives, teaching us what it looks like to be in relationship with God. But so many of us don't read And so then we don't even know what relationship with God is supposed to look like. So then we see a one-minute clip on Instagram by somebody who's just trying to get followers and just trying to get attention, speaking on behalf of God. And we're like, oh, that sounds really good. But we don't have any foundation to compare it to. And so we're swayed each and every way. And the Bible talks about how in the end times, people are going to look for teachers that will tell them what they want to hear. But what you want to hear is not always the truth. What you need to hear is the truth. The truth is that God loves you. And so as we're talking about walking with God, I wanna start where Jesus started. Jesus started. He gets out the, uh, I gotta give the picture, all right? So Jesus, he's born, he's growing up, he's learning, he's having a relationship with God around the time he's 30 years old. He gets baptized, comes about the water, God opens the heavens, the Holy Spirit descends on him. God speaks and says, this is my son who I love, with him I'm well pleased. Then the Holy Spirit leads Jesus into the wilderness to be tested. And that's a whole message in itself about God even taking his own son through the process of disciplining and learning. And after he he goes through that process, he comes out and it says that he starts preaching in the synagogues, preaching and teaching in the synagogues. And, And the Bible gives a summary of what his message was. It's, it's a very short summary. Matthew 4.17 says, From that time on, Jesus began to preach. Repent, for the kingdom of heaven has come near. So I want to touch on that word tonight, repentance. A lot of us hear that like, Ugh. It sounds so churchy. It doesn't sound encouraging. I want to change our perspective on what that means because a lot of times we think of repentance and we think of it as like this gloomy, sad, just regretful state of being. And we don't see it as a blessing, as a gift, but Jesus led with that. Like, look, repent. The kingdom of heaven has come near. This is why we have to read. Because you have to see what Jesus is actually saying in order to know what he's actually about. That's the summary of Jesus' message. This stuff should be racking, like, racking your brain. Like, why was that the summary? He didn't say, you guys are sinners. But if you get saved, I can bless you. He didn't say, he didn't just say you have a purpose. And you can be successful if you come to me. The summary of Jesus' message as he goes out, God himself in the flesh, walking around, and is like, I need to teach you guys what's most important. And it's summarized by repent. The kingdom of heaven has come near. So I want to talk about what repentance means. A lot of us have heard and It's true that the word repent can mean just to change directions. In the Old Testament, in the Hebrew, the most common word used for repent does mean that. It means to turn around. But when Jesus said it, the New Testament is just the documentation of after Jesus shows up because that changed everything. So it's like, all right, we need a whole nother selection of readings to understand who Jesus is, what he was about. And so Jesus comes and introduces, and we have to pay attention to what he's saying. He says, repent. And it doesn't just mean to turn around. It doesn't mean turn or burn. It doesn't mean stop sinning. What it means is to repent literally means 
to think differently afterwards. Literally a change of mind, not about individual plans, intentions or beliefs, but rather a change in the whole personality from a sinful course of action to God. So Jesus was literally going around saying, think differently. And that's the title of tonight's message. Think differently. That's what I want us to focus on. And so I want to talk about repentance tonight and give some some clarity on what that really means. If Jesus led with this, if Jesus said repent, if he said think differently, what does that mean? That has to be super important. I believe it's the first step in walking with God. It's the first step in knowing God. As he introduces himself, he introduces himself to the world with this message, repent. So one, I want to talk about repentance versus apology. And clarify that repentance is not simply an apology. But a lot of us think of it that way, like, oh, I have to repent. Sorry, God. And I used to think that way too, because I thought that's what repentance meant. But I didn't know Greek. (laughs) So many of us confuse repent with apologize, and we think that Jesus is just going around saying, y'all need to apologize to your boy. That's not what he's saying. He's saying, well, by definition, an apology is a regretful acknowledgement of an offense or failure. And that is, that's part of it. Like when you sin against God, there should be some type of regret. There should be an acknowledgement of your offense, of your failure towards God, and you should be regretful about it, but it shouldn't just stay there. That's why we think it's so gloomy. Repentance involves regret, but it is a regret that inspires change. And so it's not just apologizing, it's saying, God, I want you to change my perspective, change the way that I think. And Jesus is saying, that's the only way that this actually happens. The kingdom of heaven is here, a kingdom. Imagine today, we're sitting in here, somebody kicks open the door and they're like, what's up y'all? A new kingdom is in town, we're taking over all of the United States. We run it. If that were true, the next day, we would probably be having to learn some things. Things would not be the same the next day. If a kingdom came and invaded, there's a culture that comes with that kingdom. There's some things that they do. There's a way that they think. And if they took over them taking over would, would imply that they're here to change some stuff. We run this now. We're going to start doing lunch at 8 a.m. <laughs> That's the first thing I thought of. I don't know. <laughs> I like to eat. So an earlier lunch appealed to me. So that would be a good kingdom. So, <laughs> but things would change. And so you'd have to start thinking differently to acclimate and adapt to the new culture, to the new rule. There would be some new rules. There would be some new laws. We currently have a government. That government has laws. If a kingdom came in town, that would mean if they were taken over, there's a new government. And that new government would have completely different policies, most likely. If you go anywhere else in the world, there are just, they do things differently based on their culture, based on their reign, based on their political system. All of that comes with it. And Jesus is saying, start thinking differently because the kingdom of heaven is here now. So that's what repentance is about. Repentance is not just apologizing for sin. It's saying, God, I want to start thinking differently and aligning myself with how you operate. And so for me, the most readily readily available example I can think of for myself 
in the area of repentance. What I had to completely change my mind about, I don't know if all of you guys know, some of you guys are new, so you might not even understand why I got this pep in my step right now. But I'm about to get married. In just a few weeks, 25 days, I will be getting married. She currently lives in Phoenix, Arizona. We've been long distance for three and a half years. Mm. You feel me? So she's moving here next week. I don't remember what I was talking about. Uh, I'm kidding. So she's moving here next week. Over these past three and a half years, I've done some things differently in this relationship than I did in my previous relationships. Thank you. Thank you. I appreciate that. But coming out of the world and not walking with Jesus, when I decided to start walking with Jesus, I shared this with the, with the guys just a few weeks ago. One of the things that I had to change was my perspective on purity. Purity. That means to be pure. That means to be clean. Some of y'all might not know what I'm talking about. You might think that I'm talking about bathing. I'm not talking about being clean like that. I'm talking about not having sex is what I'm talking about, just to clarify. And so, amen. But that is one of our most natural desires as human beings. And God gave us that desire, but it was supposed to be in a certain context, and we're not supposed to just go about doing life without him. And so when we don't consult with him and we just consult with everybody around us and what they do, we get a misconception about how things are supposed to work. And so... Throughout my teens and my early 20s, I had a misconception about how it was supposed to go. And so coming to living life with Jesus, I was single, just, God, I need a wife. Send your boy a wife. I'm praying, God, just, if my wife is out there messing up right now, God, convict her. Bring her to you, God. Get her together, Lord. Because if she's out there off and not in relationship with you, there's probably going to be a delay in when we can get together and she doesn't even know it. So get her together. And during that time, before meeting her, what I learned about walking with God was this lifestyle of repentance. And it wasn't about just apologizing. It wasn't about just like, all right, I'm about to stop this behavior over here. I'm just going to stop not doing that no more. God doesn't want me to do that, so I'm not doing it. I want to, I want to, but I'm not going to. That's not repentance. Repentance was God changing my perspective. And so that when I was brought to a relationship, I had a different perspective on intimacy in, in a way that I valued it and it was sacred. And it wasn't just like something that I wanted to do but can't do. It's like, no, I don't even want to do that right now because it's not in the right context and that's not the way that God intended it. And so I know that I would be doing a disservice to her and to me and to our future marriage by stepping outside of that because God's design is, is right. That's repentance. It took me a while to get there over the course of my life. But I learned that that is true repentance. I, I couldn't do it without changing. What that word means, it means an inward 
change. Like something happens on the inside of you where you just don't even think like you used to think. But if you just still think the same way and you're out here in a world that thinks that way, how long are you going to last? And so there's some people who just graduated high school in here. They're going to college. Hmm. <laughs> if you think that you're going to be able to just like smooth sail, maintain this thing without really knowing God, without really having this relationship where he changes the way that you think, you're not going to last. But if you hear this, if you pursue God, if you have relationship with God, this is what he wants to do in you to where it's not this laborious, harsh punishment can't do this, can't do that. It's like being, you know, with my wife and being like, can't cheat. I be wanting to cheat, but you, say, you keep saying I can't. So you're going to leave. But that's how we act with God. Repentance is saying, no, I understand the value of our relationship. I have an experience here that I value. But that only happens when God becomes real. Like, God has to be real. That's why I've been thinking about this. It's like, this can't just be something that sounds good. You actually have to meet and know God. And I can't do that for you. Pastor Johnson was preaching this weekend, and he had Krispy Kreme donuts. On, on the stage, and he said, I can, I can read these ingredients to you. I can tell you a lot about how donuts work. I can tell you about the hot light at the Krispy Kreme store. But I can't really describe to you the experience of eating a Krispy Kreme donut. That's how I feel. It's like I can't really give you relationship with God. But I can tell you that he wants relationship with you and he's alive and he's here and he knows what you got going on and he knows you better than you think he knows you. He knows you better than you even know yourself. And if you take that step towards him wholeheartedly, he'll be there. Or else then he wouldn't be good. You understand a God who says he wants a relationship with you but then makes you jump through hoops to get there? That's not, that's not really like good. We do better than that when we want a relationship with somebody. And God is much better than us. God is perfect. We're flawed individuals, and we can have a healthy relationship with somebody if we want to. So God himself wants a relationship with you. And he doesn't want to make this hard. He wants you to know him. He doesn't want knowing him to feel like a puzzle that you have to solve. So he wants to speak to you. He wants you to be able to hear his voice. He said, my sheep know my voice and they don't listen to the voice of a stranger. That only happens when the sheep know the shepherd and they're around the shepherd and they hear that voice frequently to where they'd be like, I know that voice. That voice does not sound familiar. Implying that there will be other voices speaking to you. But Jesus wants you to know his voice. And it happens through this process of repentance, changing on the inside. Point two. Repentance is to go from hearing to understanding. Repentance is to go from hearing to understanding. Even the disciples closest to Jesus walked with him in his earthly life, didn't understand a lot of the stuff that he said. Luke 24, 45, it's the last chapter in Luke. So this is like after Jesus is resurrected. It says, then he opened their minds so they could understand the scriptures. These are people who knew the law. They knew the prophets. They knew what was said. Like a lot of us know what God says, but we don't really understand God. Jesus wants to open your mind so that you understand him. And that happens through the Holy Spirit. That's not something I can do for you. 
but it's something that he will do. Salvation, professing faith in Jesus Christ, believing that Jesus Christ is God, that he died for your sins. Acknowledging that and saying, God, I want you to be the leader of my life. That's what Lord means. I want you to have authority in my life because you're good and you know better than me. You have this stuff figured out way better than I do. And you're my savior. You saved me. Just by doing that wholeheartedly says that he sends his spirit. The Holy Spirit is not in it. There's three persons in what we call the Godhead, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. The Father's a person, the Son's a person, the Holy Spirit is a person and he shows up and he wants to do life with you, teach you. He says that he'll lead you into all things. Jesus calls him the spirit of truth. We see him as the spirit of revelation, the spirit of wisdom, the spirit of leadership. He's all these things. Everything that's good from God comes to you by his spirit. And he doesn't want to make that difficult for you. But it takes a repentant heart, a heart that says, God, I want what you have and I want you to change me. Thinking differently will lead to living differently. When you allow God to change the way that you think, it will change the way that you live if you just try to do behavior modification, if you just try to change some things that you do, that's not the goal. The relationship with God, I mean relationship with God, perfect, all-knowing, all-powerful, wise, than we could imagine. Knowing him and him saying, I want to teach you everything you need to know. You should be changing. You should be thinking differently. I think differently than I did a year ago. I think differently than I did two years ago. I think very differently than I did four or five years ago. Because God is changing the way that I think says that he who began a good work in you is faithful to see it through to completion. He's, he's began a work in you, molding you into who he is, restoring you to who you were really meant to be. That's the construction project. You were intended to be like him. And this process of repentance saying, God, I want you to help me to be everything that you've called me to be. And I want to know you. I want relationship with you. That's repentance, and it changes the way that you live. So this is one of the most important things that you could be praying for, is thinking differently, understanding differently. A lot of us are just praying for God to intervene in circumstances and change things and bring things. We can be praying to know him. You can pray, God, I want to know you. I want to understand. And the Holy Spirit is like, yes, this is what I've been waiting for. Check this out. Open your Bible. I'm about to teach you all about me. That's what he wants to do. And you can pray every time before I open up the Bible. I say, God, I'm praying for your spirit to reveal you to me. Like, help me understand. Give me your spirit of wisdom and revelation so that I can know you. I'm not just reading to read. I'm not wasting time. I want to know God. You can know God. You can pray for that. Last piece is repentance is birthed from a desire for God. That's where it has to be. Like all of this is birthed from the desire for God. That's when stuff starts changing. He's not going to do things against your will. It's opening up your life and saying, God, I'm opening up every area of my life to you. When I gave my life to Jesus, I said, Lord, I don't know how I'm going to do everything that you require. But I'm about to just take this journey with you. That's how it's supposed to work. He's faithful, not me. I'm just staying in the game. Waking up and saying, Jesus, I'm going to continue to do a relationship with you today. And he reveals himself, like, he'll do it. That's all I can say. He'll do it. Take that step. Say, God, I want to know you. 
And he will start revealing himself to you when you want to know God. And your desire for God should lead to commitment to God. In 2 Chronicles 16, 9, says, The eyes of the Lord search the whole earth in order to strengthen those whose hearts are fully committed to him. Eight billion people on the planet. And God, his eyes are ranging, looking for somebody who even cares that he's out there, that he's here, that he loves you. And he's like, Yo, I want to I wanna strengthen somebody out here. I want to give somebody power. I want to give somebody wisdom. I want to give somebody purpose, identity. I want them to know me. But he's looking for those whose hearts are fully committed to him. Is that really a lot to ask? Everybody out here that's looking for a spouse, you're looking for somebody who's fully committed to you. And it's cool when we do it. But when God does it, we're like, you're asking for so much. He is. But he gave you so much. He gives you so much. He's done so much for you, created you, has sustained you. You're still alive. I don't know if any of you guys can relate to this, but I can think of a lot of times in my life where I could have died. And I didn't. And I can think of a lot of times when I didn't want to do what God wanted me to do. And he was not the priority of my life. And I wanted what I wanted. And yet he still gave me time. And still drew me until I'm here now talking to you about knowing God. And that's the most important thing that I can give you. God passionately desires you. He's actively searching throughout the entire world, looking for who he can have relationship with because he can do everything for you except for decide for you. And you're gonna be out here in a world full of people who don't desire God and who are gonna sell you on all types of things tell you that it'll fulfill you and tell you that it's better and tell you that God isn't the way only to find that he is and you have the choice whether that's today where you can find that or later or when it's too late but God loves you God wants to be in relationship with you and the first step to walking with him and being in relationship with him is this thing we call repentance, thinking differently, allowing God to come in. And it's only through his Holy Spirit. It's only through his spirit that we can even do this. But when we invite him in, he'll do it. So I wanna pray with you guys and for you guys that you guys would all, that we would all truly pursue God if you'll bow your heads Father we thank you we thank you for the opportunity to even do this the opportunity to even believe in you the ability to believe in you we thank you that you're here with us and you say when two or three gather in your name you're here in the midst we thank you that you are here with us right now and you hear every thought that's going through every mind and you know every situation and Holy Spirit I ask that you would just start speaking right now to each individual God that you would start highlighting things Lord that you would help them to see that during this message there have been things that have been coming to their mind situations circumstances areas of their lives that have been coming up in their mind, help them to start realizing that that's you. Teaching them, showing them, leading them. God, I just ask that you would open our hearts so that we can receive what you wanna do, God. Give us a desire for you when we don't have it. 
set a fire in us, Lord, when we can't set it in ourselves. Lord, you say you search the whole earth looking for those who are fully committed to you so you can strengthen us. Lord, I thank you for a group of young people right here who are fully committed to you, God. I speak that over them, that they're fully committed to you, God, that they love you, that they desire you, that they want you. And Lord, I thank you that you're faithful to speak, you're faithful to lead, and you're faithful to walk with us into eternity. I ask that you would help this resonate in our hearts and help us to truly understand you and pursue you and love one another as you have called us to love each other. You said love one another as you have loved us. Help us to live that out in Jesus' name. Now, with all that being said, one of the things that we like to do here at Fusion is... Jesus prays in John 17. It's a long prayer and it's for all of us. And before he goes to the cross, he says that he prays to the Father to help us to be one. And all throughout scripture, we see that this connectivity is necessary. He calls the church his body of which Christ is the head. And we need to all be connected like the finger is connected to the body and we're all necessary and there's no body part that we have that's not connected and necessary. And all of you guys are a part of this. And so I want us to connect for just a few minutes. If you'll just get in a group, three, five people, whatever around you. And I just want you guys to unpack. We're gonna give you a question uh, just regarding what we were talking about tonight. So you can unpack this a little bit. Some of you guys are like, "Ah, I'm not trying to talk to anybody. I get it, I get it. I was there, I, I literally would have been you. If it were not me preaching, I would have been like, ugh. However, you need it. And every time somebody says this from the platform, I'm like, uh, I don't wanna do that. And then afterwards, I'm like, man, I'm so glad I did that. Because God says it for a reason, it's good. And so he says, confess your sins to one another, pray for each other so that you can be healed. I want you to answer this question with one another and then just pray with each other. Hey, thank you for listening. We're so glad to have you as a part of our community. If you want to get connected any further, please visit fusionatl.org. You can get plugged into a small group there, and you can also send in a prayer request so that we can pray for you. Once again, thanks for listening, and thanks for being a part of Fusion ATL.